0: Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A Better Way to Farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. We appreciate you tuning in. Rod here at A Better Way to Farm, where we increase yields and improve profits. Today, we're going to talk about How to Increase the Yield on Double Crop Soybeans. Yeah, here we are. It's mid-July already. The year has flown by so fast, it's kind of amazing. And a lot of you guys out there are trying to figure out what to do to boost the yield on those soybeans that you've got chasing that wheat crop. So what do we want to do? Let's take a look at the things that maybe do work and maybe some ideas of what might work and maybe some ideas of what we probably don't want to do. As we look at those beans, obviously they're a little bit of a disadvantage coming up out of the ground planted late it tends to be hotter and it tends to be drier when we're trying to get these double crop beans to root down and take off as a point of future reference for next year i actually strongly encourage starter fertilizer on them along with the appropriate micronutrients i'm going to share a text with you that literally came in about 10 minutes ago and the gentleman said i've been out driving around looking at soybeans And it's very easy to tell those who use starter from those who don't. The ones with the starter are darker green and healthier. Guys, whether you're planting beans in the spring or as the second crop, it's still a good idea to do the right thing. So what do we do? Let's address those micronutrients. Let's address the starter and give them the best shot that we can. And beans really like sugar in the trench. If you don't put anything else in the trench, it's highly advisable to put in some calcium and a sugar source. That being said, they're already planted and now we're trying to figure out what to do. Obviously, as you take a look at what we do, we're going to highly recommend the very first thing being, yep, a tissue test. Why is that? Well, if we're going to push these, if we're going to try to get some more out of them, if we're going to try and help them along, we need to be able to figure out exactly how to help them. We don't want to just be throwing darts at a board. I know there are a lot of people you guys hear me talk about, people in retail who come out and they say, why don't you try some? Why don't you try some is not a scientific method for figuring out what works and what doesn't. Why don't you use some stuff that people already know works? And that's where the tissue test comes in. Go out, we pull that tissue testing. You can listen to one of our earlier episodes on tissue testing to find out how to do that, or you can get a copy of our free ebook. I encourage you to reach out to Karen or Kayla and get your hands on that ebook so that you can see what it will do for you and grab some information. But nonetheless, we're going to tissue test. Once we have tissue tested, then of course we got back our analytical work. And the analytical work is going to be showing us the levels that we have. And if you're tissue testing through us, it is also going to show you exactly what to do. Which nutrients do you apply? Do you use a 918 9 in 9 a foliar feed or do you use a 318 18? Do you need this micronutrient or that micronutrient? How much manganese is too much? How much zinc is not enough? How are we going to apply this in a judicious manner? And so, what do we want? We want that tissue test with those recommendations. Now, That first window to foliar feed, some of you, even with double crop beans, are probably through it, but some of you are not. We're looking at V3 to V5. So what are we talking about? We're talking about when we have three sets of three leaves that are fully developed, three trifoliates, up to and including five sets of fully developed trifoliates. That's the first window to go in there and take a look as to when to apply nutrients. At that point in time, guys, obviously, we're going to look at the right foliar fertilizer. We're going to look at the right micronutrients and maybe some secondaries. What do we need to put on there? And every time we're out there in that field with these beans, I'm going to highly recommend sugar. And I don't care if you're just spraying post-emerge herbicides, you're spraying fungicides, you're spraying insecticides. Our sugar is less than two bucks an acre. And it does amazing things. I want to encourage you to take a look at what that does. There's plenty of data in regards to, if you can go to Beck's and it's PFR proven, there's a lot of ways to see that this is not a matter of try some. I'm going to encourage you to use some because we know that it works. Sidebar, if you spray glyphosate, we still stand on and stand by the idea that you should put in one pint of 100% chelated manganese in order to make sure that you don't cause as much yellow flash, our manganese in with that glyphosate will reduce yellow flash. When we reduce yellow flash, we increase yield. Obviously, we want our crops, all of our crops, to have the best day every day that they possibly can have. And turning yellow, mm, probably not what we want. Dark green is our favorite color when it comes to crops. We want to make sure we're doing everything we can to enhance that deep, dark. Color. So after we've taken the tissue test, after we've sprayed our glyphosate with our manganese, after we've applied sugar each and every time we were out there, now what are we going to do? Well, one of the things that comes about and is suggested is they get to talking about different plant growth regulators. Plant growth regulators, it's a very sexy term. People like to talk about PGRs and they throw this around and that around and try and figure out what to do. I'm going to encourage you that from where I sit, I believe actually the best one is to use cytokinins. When we use cytokinins, when we use that foliar product that we have with the cytokinins in it, what are we going to do? We're going to make the cells divide faster. We're going to get a bigger leaf. That bigger leaf is going to capture more sunlight. More sunlight's going to produce more sugar, and more sugar produces more yield. Need I remind you guys that growing soybeans is just a matter of growing a lot of sugar as we well know, every bushel of beans takes three hundred pounds of sugar in order to make a bushel of soybeans. If we want hundred bushel beans, it takes you know quite a bit of sugar to do that one hundred times three hundred boom there you are. That's your sugar factory in the bean field, and that's what you're after. So when we do that, we just want to have everything going in the right direction. What can we do to help that plant produce that sugar well. Plant growth regulators is one of them because it can use a bigger leaf. However, there are some other plant growth regulators. We have a product that has gibberellic acid along with endobutyric acid in it. It's a great product on corn and possibly on second crop beans. On this one, guys, I don't have data to stand on. In some areas, we get concerned that the endobutyric with the gibberellic acid product will come in and literally make the beans get too tall. So it is not necessarily a product that I'm going to fire off on. Now, typically, double crop beans, we need some more height. We're trying to figure out how it is that we're going to get those babies to be taller. And if you're looking for a bean to get taller, perhaps this gibberellic acid, endobutyric acid product would be a product for you. However, I have zero data on this product in a double crop situation. That is going to be a deal where you have to try some. And you know, that's not my method of selling. If you're interested in doing that because you believe that the extra height will help you, then we should talk, but I'm not here making that recommendation. I will stand on a recommendation for the foliar cytokinins. I will stand on the recommendation for using the right micros and secondaries along with the right foliar fertilizer to really spur that plant on. You know, as we foliar feed, we literally just excite the plant and it grows more roots and it grows more leaves and it goes into getting busy Mode And that's what we need those double crop beans to do is get into really getting busy mode. And that's what we're looking at as we do this. Another thing that we can do that really helps push all soybeans, but especially will help your double crop beans, there's a nitrogen product that you can foliar feed. If you're interested in it, you can reach out and talk to us. We'd love to share some information with you about it. But it's a 26% nitrogen that is built for foliar feeding. It has a very low potential for burn, as a matter of fact, the lowest in the industry. It is 26% in, and it does have a half of a percent boron. That product should be applied precisely at R3, reminding that the R3 stage in a soybean is when you have a pod in any of the top three nodes on the main stem. So the main stem, top three nodes, you have a pod that's 3 sixteenths of an inch long. That is R3. That is go time. We want to get after it. We want to start foliar feeding there. Guys, as we look at these double crop beans, obviously it is your second go around. Obviously you're raking extra dollars off of those acres, which is commendable and should be done. But sometimes we are tempted to just plant them and let them grow and say, I ain't going to put much in them and I'm not expecting much back. And perhaps we should take a different attitude and say, I've already got the expense in the seed and that wasn't cheap and I've already got the expense and the chemicals, and that wasn't cheap either, maybe what I ought to do is not treat them like a secondary crop that I'm going to forget about, but I'm actually going to go out and push them. You know, if our whole program for bean production, and especially the program for second double crop beans, is to plant them, spray them, harvest them, and complain about them, that would not be considered a high management program. Why don't we plant them, spray them, Take a look at foliar feeding them at V3 to V5, taking a look at putting sugar on them anytime we're out there doing anything with chemicals, whether it be herbicide, insecticide, or fungicide. And then let's take a look. And if we at R3 look at it and go, ooh, we kind of like how these look, they look good, then let's gamble another 12 or 15 bucks an acre here and let's put on this product that can increase that seed size and make that test weight go up. That's what we're talking about is saying you don't have to spend it all on the day you plant, but you can take a look and evaluate whether or not it's worth putting some extra money into right there as you're coming into that R3 stage. You want to have your decision made because when you hit R3, it's go time. It's time to figure out how to get out that drone, get out that airplane, or get out that ground rig with those 120-foot booms or those 90-foot booms and get after it because we want to get after it as fast as we can once we hit the R3 stage. Guys, double crop beans are a blessing, as is most everything that God gives us is always a blessing. But guys, here's the opportunity for us to go out and really make a difference and pick up some extra yield. What if all we did, all we accomplished with this, was picked up an extra 10 bushel? And out of that extra 10 bushel that we should surely be able to sell them for somewhere in the neighborhood of $13, And all of a sudden, we've got a $130 return per acre that we didn't have before. And if we can do that on a $25 investment, that's probably a pretty good use of our money and of our time. Guys, we appreciate you tuning in. We sincerely do. With that being said, I hope this week is fantastic. We appreciate you listening, and we really do hope you're having a better day. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at VerbalCrowd.com.